Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, brought to you by our sponsor, Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or would like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The FIAAA also wants to thank our platinum sponsors, including Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experiences. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Aaron Stecker. Aaron is a certified master athletic administrator and he's the activities and athletic director at John F. Kennedy High School in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He's also one of the three great uh, tri-hosts, I guess, of the Beyond the Bench podcast. So uh, Aaron, welcome to our podcast. Well, Jake, thanks for having me on. Um, I appreciate you lumping me in with Todd and Scott and saying, great. I think those two make that podcast cost great. And I, I ride their coattails, but excited to be on your podcast, Jake. Um, certainly listen to quite a few years and learn a lot. And I appreciate the, uh, the invitation to join you today. Oh, a absolutely. Uh, as I've told a number of people, you know, I would not be here with this podcast if it wasn't for you know, people like you that uh, kind of paved the way and, and showed how to do things right. So uh, thanks a lot for doing that. Well, even though it's um, towards the end of the school year for our listeners, we're recording this on June 10th. Um, it's still a busy time. So let's jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college and maybe how uh, your love of sports led to this path in athletics. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, native Iowan, grew up in a, a small town. Uh, Gilbert is the name of, of the town. It's actually just five miles north of Ames. So if you're familiar with Iowa State University, uh, I grew up uh, just on the outskirts of Iowa State. Grew up a Cyclone fan, uh, which is hard to do in the Hawkeye State. Uh, but um, grew up there, uh, small school, small, like 44 kids in my graduating class. Uh, I grew up in 
and now working in a school that averages about 1,800 students in the high school. So I'm, I'm working in a very different environment than I grew up in, um, certainly. Um, but the thing I loved about small schools like that was I was a four-sport athlete, um, you know, football, basketball, track and field in the spring, baseball in the summertime. Uh, I was in our band, I loved jazz band, loved, uh, loved being involved in that as well. So, it, you know, being a small school like that, as you guys know, you have to be engaged in everything for everything to work. And so I love that experience. And I think really that's what fostered where I ended up landing career-wise in education, um, just because I loved the experience that I had. I, I loved the engagement I had with all the activities I had a chance to do at that school. Um, and I think that was a big reason why I, I ended up shifting um, late in college to education. Um, went to Warburg College, which is a small division three school, uh, part of the Iowa Conference here. They've changed the name to the American Rivers Conference here, uh, but I still stick with the Iowa Conference, but just a, a group of about 10 division three schools here in Iowa. Um, not a real big school there either, but uh, gave me the chance to pursue two things. At the time, I was a biology major and a science major, and I got to keep playing football. Um, so played football in college. Uh, the level of play, some people might argue. I tell people, my, my, my story in my college football career is this. Um, came in the same year as another freshman quarterback, uh, a guy by the name of Andy Ott, great guy, good friend of mine still. Um, one of us was going to be the starting quarterback, and he was just flat out better. But I like to hang my hat on the fact, Jake, that I feel like I was a four-time all-conference backup quarterback. I was really good at being a backup quarterback in college. So, but again, I just, just um, really enjoyed that experience. And by the end of that college uh, athletics uh, experience, um, I just knew I wanted to go into teaching and coaching. Um, I had been pursuing a pre-med major and I'm like, man, I'm not ready to give up being around athletics. I'm not willing to give up being around school and, and, and just the engagement of, of school, the excitement, passion of, of learning and, and using, for me, science and, and, and sports as a platform for that. And so I shifted very late, had to go a fifth year of school to do that, gave me a chance to be a student coach in the football team, which, which just solidified that decision even more. So um, that's, uh, that's kind of how I grew up and, and how I got, I, I think some things that led me to where I'm at now. I love the um, description of your uh, college football career. Uh, I was a small college uh, wide receiver and, and ran track too, but uh, uh, I will frequently say that uh, injuries and a lack of talent kept me out of the NFL. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, can <laughs> I can relate to that. Um, yeah. Well, talk about that um, uh, period of um you know, going from, you know, that college GA, that uh, assistant coach to, you know, starting that teaching career and then, you know, coming over to the dark side uh, you know, as an athletic director, you know, how did that uh, play out? Yeah. Well, um, so my, you know, I was, I was blessed. I, I jumped right out of a uh, of college. Uh, you know, I graduated on a Sunday in May and landed in a, my, my next teaching job, I had that landed and I was an assistant baseball coach in, in Iowa. Unlike the other 49 states, I don't know if we do baseball and softball right and the other 49 states do it wrong or if it's the other way around, but we do baseball and softball in the summertime in Iowa. And so I graduated on a Sunday in May from Warburg and I jumped right into coaching. I, I had uh, one of my duties at new school I was going to was assistant baseball coach. Um, and so I graduated Sunday and I was coaching baseball at the high school level on Monday um, and jumped right into teaching and coaching. Uh, 
or in, in that summer. But I tell you, I'm thankful I did, Jake. That's where I met my wife. Um, I jumped in and I was an assistant uh, varsity baseball coach and head JV junior high baseball coach. Uh, and she was the head uh, youth baseball coach. She was home from, she had one more year of school left. She was home for the summer. That was her summer job was running the youth baseball. And so her and I met on the baseball diamond that summer after college uh, graduation. And uh, we've been together now for 25 years. So that was my, my start to it. But, um, you know, I, I guess started a small school in Iowa, same similar school to what I graduated with. And then when I, my wife decided we were not gonna stick around uh, Ackley, Geneva, where she grew up. Um, she loved the town, but not where she wanted to, to uh, grow old at. So we actually, um, on a, on a whim, relocated to the St. Louis area, south of St. Louis. And we spent three years down there, uh, south of St. Louis in a, in a community, uh, Hillsboro was the name of the town. And it was a science teacher, football coach, head track coach down there for three yep. years. And uh, again, just kept deepening my decision to, boy, this is what I love being a part of. Worked with some great football coaches down there. That was some of the most fun coaching I've done with no disrespect to what I had to do here. But I jumped into a situation down there with those guys in Hillsboro where they had been together, the core of their football staff had been together for 19 years. I mean, these guys knew each other inside and out, backwards and forwards. They, they were the most tight-knit, fun, um, passionate about using football as a, as a teaching tool for life group of guys I could ever be around. Uh, learned so much from Art and Donnie and Kevin down there. Those, those three guys were the core and just loved that experience. Um, down there. And I, so I, get, I just got lucky, Jake, honestly, early on to have some really good experiences, some really good coaching staffs and administrators and, and, and teaching colleagues. Um, and, you know, and, and you know that you've been in education long enough, but that first four or five years is a make or break as an educator. You, have, you get lucky and get blessed with a great experience with great people to work with and mentors to kind of show you the way, or you have a bad experience and, you, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm tapping out. There's better ways to make money than this. And I just was really lucky and uh, had great people to work with that kind of solidified you're in the right place at the right time and moved back to Iowa after our first, uh, my oldest was born. It was a long ways away from grandpa and grandma and had an opportunity to relocate here to Cedar Rapids. Um, so had some connections at Kennedy High School here with some, some folks I went to school with at Warburg and also a guy that I uh, coached football with at Ackley my first couple of years there and my first job. And they were all here at Kennedy and they had a biology opening and had sophomore football coaching spot open and um, got back up here to Cedar Rapids and, and spent eight years in the classroom and working as a teacher coach. And now the last 14 is AD. Um, my transition, you talk about the dark side, you know, I, you just, I think for most folks you talk about you, on the admin side, you just get to a point you're like, I'd like to be on the other end and be able to make bigger decisions and have a bigger impact than just on my classroom or just on the sports I'm with, but a bigger platform. And I just had that, that urge and calling to try to, to take on that part of education, um, more at a systemic level rather than that, uh, you know, just my classroom or, or just the team. So that's kind of what led me to that decision. Now, I, I love to hear the stories and, uh, you know, a lot of similarities uh, <laughs> with my career. Uh, and you, for me, I never considered once becoming an athletic director until I had a principal say, you know what, you know, you should be our athletic director because the current one was uh, retiring. And uh, that same thought process of, uh, and I was able to 
remain the head football coach for the first few years. Uh, yeah. But uh, you're right. It's about having a, an impact on a larger scale. So uh, I love the way you phrase that. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, back when you met your wife, you were both baseball coaches. If we were talking to her, who would she say was the better coach at that point? <laughs> she would say her. And I would tell you she's still the better coach. Um, I, I like crazy to get her back into coaching. She, she played softball and volleyball and ran track at the college level. Um, and uh, she, of the two of us, one of us has an international championship ring and you're not talking to the, the person that has it. Um, she was a fantastic athlete and fantastic coach. Um, I'd love to get her coaching volleyball or softball for me down the road. So she would say her and I would agree emphatically with her. Again, a lot of similarities. Uh, you know, when we talk about ourselves, I tell my wife or I tell people, you know, my wife was the division one athlete in the family. So, uh, yes. Uh, Aaron, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship. So I'm mm -hmm. curious, who are some of your mentors growing up? You know, maybe family members or teachers or even people that you worked with or worked for. Uh, the expression I always use is I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm yes. talking to a kid or a coach. So whose voice do you still hear? I'm going to share a, a couple with you because I've got, there's just different phases of it for me. Um, first, I, I'm, I'll go with my parents, in particular my dad. Um, and, and my dad, anything but the education field, he's a construction consultant, construction engineering field. and Same thing, yeah. You know, maybe part of why I end up at least guided me the direction I'm at is he always got me summer jobs when I was in high school on these construction jobs, but I knew I, I was terrible at picking up how to, you know, I didn't, I couldn't pick up the lingo, I couldn't pick up the skill, I was the grunt on every construction job I was ever on, and because I stayed the grunt on every one of those jobs, I hated it. It was great money, but I knew I'm not doing, it did not give me a great you know, taste of what that profession is like. So maybe he drove me this direction on purpose saying, hey, I'm going to give you the worst jobs in construction I can give you because you've got other things to do besides that. But um, it's a guy was a worker, uh, still is a worker. And, and he, it wasn't something I, it, I tell people this all the time. I don't know that he and I ever sat down and he gave me a, a, a talk or a spiel or a, you know, this is what work ethic is about. And this is why it's important. I just watched the man work. Um, what, if it had to get done, he got it done, uh, and he did it to the best of his ability. And I just, I, I learned that and I don't know that I've reached his level yet, but I'm trying, uh, along the way. Uh, so he would be one growing up in high school. Um, I, and this is the easiest way I can explain this. And you, I, you probably know John Van Fleet uh, yep. from yeah. Illinois. Um, so he was my high school football coach my high school track coach, and a, I had him in earth science class as a freshman and an anat and phys class as a senior. Uh, and, and so I ended up with John Van Fleet was very engaged in the NIAAA uh, as an LTI coordinator um, for the state of Illinois uh, and grade AD in the state of Illinois. Before he was there, he was a teacher coach in, in Iowa. And I was fortunate to have him as, as a, a teacher and coach mentor while I was growing up in high school. So so Coach Van Fleet was a, I said John Van Fleet, it's still weird for me to say that. Coach Van Fleet, uh, like I said, was my football coach, my track coach, and a science teacher, and then became an AD and, and is a Hall of Famer, NIAAA Hall of Famer as an AD. He passed away just, I suppose, just a little over a year ago now, had a long battle of cancer um, and, and, and lost that battle here just last, last spring. 
Um, but football coach, track coach, science teacher, AD. Well, go back to what I just talked about, Jake. What's my career path been? Mm -hmm. Science teacher, football coach, track coach, AD. He was LTI coordinator for Illinois. Um, I did a stint here as LTI coordinator for Iowa. Um, that's the influence that man had on my life. Um, and I think I can probably just leave that there. Um, so, and then from my professional side of it, um, my first principal, or my principal here at Kennedy High School that brought me here, Dr. Wilzinski, uh, Mary Wilzinski. Dr. W is just the uh, consummate leader and driver and pusher. And, you know, you talked about, you never really thought about being an AD uh, until you had, you know, a principal say, hey, I think you'd be really good at this and give this a shot. And she's the same way. I actually got my admin degree um, and applied twice for open assistant principal jobs here at Kennedy that were what I call the main office assistant principal jobs. And she told me both times, Aaron, you'd be great at them. That's not the job I want you for. That's not what your skill set is built for. And she said, our AD is retiring the end of next year and you'll be my guy. Uh, for the AD spot, that's where you're going to have an impact on our school. And that's just the kind of leader she is. And she's influenced an awful lot of my professional decisions uh, with just her wisdom and guidance. And I talked to her just the other night. She retired a few years back, um, but I probably talked to her once a month and say, hey, so this is what's going on. What do you think? What, what's your advice you got? Um, talk a lot with her. That is so great, you know, to have uh, that boss, you know, that, uh, you know, mentor leader there. Gosh, when you were talking about your dad, uh, I don't know if you noticed, I mean, that was my exact same experience growing up. My dad was a contractor. I had two older brothers and, you know, we, uh, we got to, and I put that in quotes, uh, work for him <laughs> on weekends and during summers through college. And again, I, I hated every minute of it. But I've said this many times, he loved, it. you know, he loved what he did, like I love, and I, I know you love, you know, being an AD and a coach. And uh, uh, I never forget, I shared this with my kids, and I shared it with some of my student athletes. Uh, he sat me down once, I think I was in the eighth or ninth grade. And he goes, Jake, uh, and I was probably complaining about, you know, doing some job. Uh, he goes, the secret to happiness is finding something that you love to do and then convincing somebody else to pay you to do that. And he found that in yeah. his, his life and you, the work ethic, just like your dad was there. Uh, and, you know, I found it too. But uh, again, it's, it's crazy, those parallels that we have. Yeah. We are visiting with Aaron Stecker, Activities and Athletic Director at John F. Kennedy High School in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our podcast sponsor, Violet defense. We want to thank the good folks at Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement an existing product or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. 
Welcome back, everyone. Again, we're visiting with Aaron Stecker from uh, John F. Kennedy High School in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Aaron, um, just like your podcast, uh, we get a lot of younger ADs who listen. And I think it's important for them to kind of hear the, the journey uh, as far as the state involvement and our national organization and certification. So share a little bit about how you got involved with your state association and also, you know, how you got involved with NIAAA and your CMAA journey. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to go back to just, you know, Jake, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Uh, you're asking these questions that make me think back to these folks who have just been a part of my life and influenced my life. And it just makes you just, I, for a second there, I was just super thankful and grateful of, of the folks that I had along the way. So you talk about how do I get engaged with our state association, the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. Well, so Mark Stewart, the AD before me, um, knew he was retiring, planned retirement. So I was actually hired in February of his final year so that I could spend some time with him off and on, you know, before, you know, he left the job there in June. And uh, so I had the opportunity then to go, we have a spring conference, uh, state AD conference. And so he signed me up for that. I was able to attend that first uh, state AD conference, even before I was uh, a practicing AD, but it got me into the organization right away. And just, I said, you're my wingman this weekend and, and just follow me around you. I'll introduce you to everybody and get you going. And Mark had been an AD for 15 years, um, had been pretty active in the state AD association and, and going to the national conventions. And so he very well connected and he just started my connections off from, from you know, before I even started the job, before he gave me the keys and said, okay, it's yours. Um, and that really got me going. And I, as, so uh, funny story there. So I go there that first year with him uh, to the convention and really nice weekend. You know, late March conventions in Iowa, you can get anything from 33 and, and six inches of snow during the convention to 85 and everybody's going golfing instead of going to the mini sessions kind of weather. And it was one of those nice weekends and we were at a restaurant kind of bar next door and we were having lunch and talking about the night and I had met a couple of the young ADs that said, hey, Stecker, come along with us, uh, get to know you better. We're gonna go out in the town a little bit tonight. And there was a night of the Hall of Fame banquet uh, for our state AD convention. And so I'm talking with, with Mark and another one of our veteran conference ADs, we're having lunch and just getting to know those guys a bit. And they said, well, what are you doing tonight, Aaron? I said, well, some of the young ADs invited me to kind of join them tonight, hit the town a little bit. And they said, well, you can do that, but you're gonna do that after the Hall of Fame banquet. I said, well, they were leaving, you know, pretty early. I don't think they were doing the banquet and the dinner. And Mark just looks me dead in the eyes and said, Aaron, you're going to the Hall of Fame banquet because that's where you learn the stories of the great ADs before us that, that, that we've learned from it. And you need to know their stories and you need to, to hear what it's like to be a long-term AD. I said, okay, your show, I'm with you. I haven't missed a Hall of Fame banquet since. It's the best part of the, of the journey because you get to hear those stories of people who've been in AD for 20 years and 25 years and, and their, the, how it was tough and how they got over it and how they persevered that long. And I tell young ADs all the time, that's the best thing you can do at our convention is go to that Hall of Fame banquet um, and, and learn from the folks who have been in your shoes for a long time uh, and, and they deserve your respect. So that's, that was my introduction to it. And I was hooked in, in year one to, to the State AD uh, Association and I knew I wanted to get engaged I uh, was very fortunate early on to have, uh, oh, Judge Johnson was the president of our uh, AD Associates at the time. I was only my sixth year as an AD. And uh, 
but I tried to really get to know folks and get engaged really early. And Judge calls me and says, hey, we would like to ask you to run for, for a leadership role, our second VP role at the State AD Association. And so I said, I think you're barking up the wrong tree, but if you want me to run for it, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And, um, and did not, actually, I lost that election that year. And I'm like, well, that didn't go the way I wanted that to go. But they asked me again the next year. And so I ran again the next year and was fortunate to be elected. And uh, that got me under executive board. And I spent seven years on our board um, going through the president chairs. that was president in 1516. What a great experience that is. Uh, you just got done doing that down there for Florida if I, uh, this last year as well. That's just, that's a different level of engagement. You get to go to the national convention and you get to sit in the room with the other presidents of the state associations and just learn and listen and, and engage and connect. Man, that was cool uh, to do that. And uh, then I spent three years as our LTI coordinator. So that's kind of been my engagement. And I just, I, and I'm, I'm helping that group out. I love teaching LTI classes now. Uh, if they need me to step in and do something for them, uh, they ask, I'm gonna say yes uh, for our state AD association. And that was also for the NIAAA. Again, those, those four years going through the, the president chairs getting to go to the national convention and connect and meet with the, the leadership groups from other states across the country uh, and in some ways celebrate and in some ways commiserate with one another about what's going well and what's tough. Um, I just, you know, talk about young ADs, man, get involved as fast as you can at your state level, your, your district level within your state and connect with folks. It was going to be one of my toolboxes later. I'll come back to it later on. Uh, but I just was so blessed to get introduced to it and, and asked to be a part of it. Um, so I can't speak well enough about it. I really can't. No, and I think the point that you hit on a couple of times was, you know, just getting involved. Uh, you know, you're asked to do something. And even if you're not asked, you know, volunteering to get involved, you know, serve on a committee or, or even help out at your conference. Uh, you know, it's, it's for people that have gone through that, um, routine of, you know, the vice president, the president-elect, the president, the past president, you know, it, it didn't just fall out of thin air. You know, they started as a young AD and, yeah. you know, that very first volunteer job. So good yeah. stuff. Um, Aaron, another question we've been asking our athletic director since we started this uh, revolves around the um, idea, the, uh, the issue of social awareness, uh, social justice. And, and my question yeah. is this, you know, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we could do better uh, for our stakeholders, for our community in this area of being socially aware? Uh, it's a great question. And, and it's certainly, I think, something all of us uh, across the country have spent some time looking at our athletic programs and, and, and just evaluating what are, what are we doing well and where are we missing, uh, missing the mark on and how do, we, how do we do better in terms of um, do our athletic programs um, do two things. One, reflect the makeup of our student body um, and do our athletic programs create opportunities for everybody in our student body regardless uh, of, of, of race or gender or sexual orientation, et cetera, do, do we create opportunities for everybody to be a part of our programs no matter what? I think we've all been engaged in that. Um, what can we do better? Um, you know, one of, our, one of our four standards of excellence of our coaching staff, one of, one of those four is, is relationships, relationships, relationships. 
And I think as ADs, we can get out of our office and we can be in the hallways during passing time. We can kind of make way around the building during cap, you know, during lunchtime and engage with students uh, about, and we've all been doing that. We, you know, engage with students and say, hey, how are things going? If they're, if they're current in-season athlete for you, how are things going? What's going well? You know, what can I help with? What's a struggle? You're also doing recruiting, uh, you know, for kids encourage them, hey, you, you, you could be a great basketball player. You look like you could be a swimmer. You need to get in touch with coach so-and-so. You need to swim for us. You need to, you need to play baseball for us. The question we have to ask ourselves, I think, is are we going through our hallways looking for students who look like us, act like us, talk like us, and have the same background as us? Because that's what's most comfortable. Or are we going and trying to find the students in the hallways who might be marginalized, who um, are underrepresented in our programs? And maybe we're not recruiting those students and athletes the same way we're recruiting students who look like me. Um, because it's hard. How do you, it's uncomfortable to approach uh, a group of students who I don't have the same experiences, same background, same understanding of their culture that, that they do. And, and so it's a hard conversation for me to go have, but am I forcing myself to go have the conversation anyway and break those barriers down? I think that's one of the most important things we can do. And then coach our coaches up on how to do the same thing. Um, get to know them by uh, informal conversations in the hallways, in the cafeteria, so that they, um, when you start to bring up the idea of, hey, love to see you get engaged in our programs, well, they kind of know that you understand them a little bit. You've got a relationship with them. Um, and, and it's gonna, it, it'll be driven home a whole lot more with them saying, man, Coach Decker talks to me all the time in the hallways and he thinks I could run track and field versus just a random, hey, you should run track, but they, they don't know me and I don't know them. That's not gonna go very far. But if I've had a bunch of conversations with that athlete and say, you should try out track and field, um, now, now that makes a difference. You know, I really appreciate you sharing that. And it, it just brought back a couple of, uh, you know, recent memories. I had some Facebook uh, comments uh, from athletes from years and years ago uh, that, that voiced that same type of opinion. And my memory of it is, boy, I'm trying to build this track team. You know, I'm going to talk to anybody, <laughs> get yeah. them out. Uh, you know, hey, I think you could be a, an 800 runner. Uh, and that was my motivation on the surface. Uh, but it turned out for them, you know, uh, they go, wow, you know, coach thinks I can run. And yeah. so you never yeah. know that impact you're going to have. So, uh, yeah. And you know, that's hard. I talked about that process, Jake, and, and we all know that's so hard because there's buses to book and there's officials to, you know, to solidify we it's schedules to build. There's so many things that can keep us locked in our, in our office chair. And I talk about that stuff. I'm not saying those, are, those are things I do really, really well. I know those are things I have to get better at uh, to take on making sure our our programs are open to all students. So, you know, what our, our our vision for our athletics program is every athlete life ready. And I've been asking myself in my head all year long, do we really mean every athlete? Do our practices represent that we're trying to find to, to get every athlete in our building life ready through our, you know, through the platform of sports? And and we're trying to take that on. You know, and again, that's such a challenge. You know, we, we talk for our school about our, you know, philosophy statement, provide every kid a great athletic experience. Uh, and that might be as a the star quarterback. It might be as the backup quarterback. Uh, it might be as the kid who seldom sees the field at the varsity level or a middle school kid, or it might be a fan or a manager, but to use athletics to provide every kid with a great athletic experience. It's not going to be the same but hopefully it can be great for them when they're looking back, you know, five, 10, 20 years from now. 
So yeah, yeah that's a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Well, Aaron, this has just been great uh, getting to know you just a little bit and uh, uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, continue this over a beverage or two in Denver at the national conference, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Sure. We've already established that you are a very successful uh, athletic administrator, but right now, I'm going to ask you to come up with three tools that you think uh, should go into a new or an old athletic director's toolbox. What three tools are going to go in Aaron Stecker's athletic director toolbox? Well, and I had, a, you know, putting some thought on what I was going to share there. And uh, I'm going to go this direction on you, Jake. And if you want me to, 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 to go a different direction, I can. But these are probably more... Uh, you know, these aren't specific, uh, the skills and drills, the X's and O's of being an AD, but these are maybe more the things that I think um, I've tried to focus on in, in the ADs I know that have made it past year three, four, five, and stayed in it, and are, you know, I've got 14, 15, 20 years of experience as an AD. I think they've, they've utilized, they've, they've they developed these tools in a toolbox in terms of these are things they take care of and manage every single day. Uh, as best they can. And the first thing I'm going to say is self-care. Um, this job will, will grind you to the bone if you don't find a way to balance out your family, balance out um, exercise, balance out um, just finding a mental break from the grind that the AD job is uh, on that. So I, it, your tool has to be self-care. How, how are you managing stress? How are you finding balance with home and work? Um, you know, we all talk about being an AD as a lifestyle and certainly, and, and my wife has been really, she's, I, I love her. She's been uh, such a blessing to me in this and so supportive. She understands the job has to come home to some extent because she's my sounding board on a lot of things, but she also lets me know, okay, that's enough. Put your whistle and keys away and, and let's get to regular family stuff also. And that, so there's gotta be that self-care piece in your toolbox. If you're not balancing your life with the other things that are very important in your life, uh, then uh, it's gonna be a hard gig to, to stay in very long, uh, really is. So that's tool number one. Tool number two uh, for me is empathy and humility. Um, as an AD, you have to be able to put yourself in a lot of other folks' shoes because you're in the business of people management. Um, you're managing student athletes and their emotions and their experiences. You're managing coaches and their experiences and their um, you know, the stresses that come with being a coach uh, and you're managing parents and their engagement with your school and how do they turn their student athlete over to the coaches and over to your athletic department and, and say, okay, you get them six, seven, eight days a, uh, or six days a week and three, four hours a day uh, each of those days and you get to be pseudo parents for my kid for the next three months. And that's, you're balancing the emotions of that and you have to have a lot of empathy. You have to be able to put yourself in all of those shoes when they come to you with problems or you're having conversations with them so you understand where they're coming from. Um, so a lot of empathy. And again, I say that, not saying I'm really great at it all the time, um, but it's something we try to work on every single day. And you have to understand you don't have all the answers. Um, and, and that's why you talk to other ADs and that's why you listen to your coaches, your veteran coaches who've been, been through things. So empathy and humility would be tool number two for me. And the last one, we, we've talked about it already. I'm just going to reiterate it. Um, you've got to connect. If you don't, if part of your toolbox is not 
ADs across your district in your state or across your state, or if you get a chance to get to the national level with some stuff, if it's not ADs that you meet at the national convention where they are a phone call away um, to ask advice from, to vent when you have to vent. I mean, you talk about Scott and Todd, and those guys are my Mount Rushmore guys. And they're, they're part of my toolbox because when it's going, when, when it's rough, and boy, the last couple of weeks have been kind of tough. I, I'm on the phone with those guys all the time and, and they get me through it and they, they reground me when, when I'm on the ledge, uh, you know, and saying, boy, I don't know if I can do this thing anymore. So you've got to have people you've connected with that uh, are going to get you through those tough times or give you advice uh, and also celebrate the good times with you, man. You, you've got to have people who, when it goes well for you, um, that they're, they're calling you up or they're sending you a note or they'll shoot you a text saying, hey, look at that, man. It was worth it. Look what you guys just did. So I think those are three things that, you know, that I thought of on that. So you tell me if I went the right direction or not with that. Well, we, we've never really had anybody go the wrong direction. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think they're fairly balanced. We've done, oh gosh, I'm going to say total, probably about 180 of these. And I would say probably 50% are, you know, traditional tools of, you know, you have to have your planner, you have to have your cell phone. And again, as an AD, you know how important those tools are. Uh, and others have gone more philosophical or metaphorical with tools that are just as valuable. Uh, we just recently released about a week ago, our uh, uh, Toolbox Top 20 um, podcast, uh, where we took the first 150 interviews and uh, took every single response. Some gave more than three. So we ended up with 475 tools. And uh, I ended up arranging them uh, by frequency into 20 different categories. And, uh, you know, every single tool that you just mentioned, made an appearance. Uh, yeah. And uh, as I stressed, um, an AD is going to find the tools that work best for them. But every single one of those 475 answers and the ones we've collected since then uh, have been great. So uh, thanks yeah. so much for sharing your, your toolbox. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to throw one more thing that people at that end there um, on this. You have to find a person in your school who I, I've got this guy, Carl Barton. So he's one of our security guys, but he has turned into one of my right hand guys. If I, he, he takes my tickets at most of my events um, he's an event manager for lower level stuff. If I can't make it work, he is, he has become the guy I, he's almost my assistant AD. He just doesn't have the title that way. Um, super guy. And, and I probably have been blessed with an assistant AD this year as well. So that's after 14 years being an AD to actually have a part-time assistant AD, but you've got to find a guy like Carl who is willing, who, who loves your office, loves what your office is trying to do for connections for kids in school and wants to be a part of it and will do just the things that nobody else wants to do. No, there's not very many folks sign up to take tickets. He's taking tickets for me every single night this summer um, at our baseball softball games. He loves it. Sits out in the sun. It was 92 degrees last night. He's under his umbrella taking tickets at my baseball doubleheader, and he loves it. And he's bought into what we're trying to do. And he, sees him, he talks about the AO, the activities office, and he's on the team. And so find somebody in your building that you can build that relationship with and who is just your go-to person when you need something done. And again, that, that speaks towards your skill as an AD because you mentioned two other tools that are uh, very frequently offered is building those relationships 
finding those key people and creating a culture. Okay. Obviously there's a culture there that uh, Carl and others, they want to be a part of, you know, and when you've got that, you know, you know, you're on the right track. Hmm? Yeah, I would agree. Aaron Stecker, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. If one of our listeners, and I encourage you to do so, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Um, you know, that, that Twitter, you can direct message me there. Uh, my personal Twitter, boy, what is it? You probably know better than I do. Um, holy cow, I didn't even think about that. I better look that up. What is my, uh, it's at... At a Stecker CMAA is my Twitter handle. There it is. Woo. How often do you actually look at your own Twitter handle and know what I, it is? I, I know. Well, mine's easy, uh, but uh, yeah. Um, or you can email me. I'm I. That's I. I'm on that. <laughs> you can't be an AD and not be on your email twenty four seven. Well, as I always say, uh, both of our contacts, along with just about yeah. every other yeah. athletic director, is on the NIAAA portal. So if you're not using that, go to the NIAAA portal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can find my email address there and you can drop me an email and I would be more than happy to, to answer any questions or expand on anything you heard or just if you need somebody else to bounce ideas off of. Um, I love making those connections. Yeah. Aaron Stecker, John F. Kennedy High School, and uh, Beyond the Bench podcast. Make sure you check out Beyond the Bench podcasts uh, wherever podcasts are heard. Uh, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, Jake. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for all you do. Uh, what a great uh, tool you're giving ADs to learn through, through this Educational AD podcast. So thanks for what you're doing. Uh, well, thank you, sir. Uh, we, we certainly have a lot of fun. To our listeners, remember, these Zoom recordings are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD.